Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on a grand and glorious afternoon in the best little city in America. That is Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we are going to spend a couple hours engaged in our trademark energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. A few other topics thrown in there, a little environmentalism. Uber producer Dan Peters, not here. Not here. The voice of the Sky Force is busy uh, going over statistics, you know, looking at rosters, tendencies, scoring, rebounding, that sort of thing as he prepares for tonight's game. Sky Force game against, I believe, Memphis. Memphis? I think it's Memphis. Let me look at that. Uh, Memphis. It's the uh, G League uh, unit of the Memphis Grizzlies, I believe. That game is 6.30 tonight on KSOO, and you can listen to the voice of the Sky Force, Dan Peters, as he continues the early season games for your Sky Force. Uh, I believe the tip-off is 7 o'clock tonight out at the Pentagon. I had a, I had a, I hope you folks had as lovely a weekend as I did, because uh, despite, you know, it was chilly and it was wet, which meant it was, it was a mud fest up in Madison, South Dakota for Madtown Cross. And uh, we were out there in Belgian like weather in embracing, embracing the elements to continue the bicycle racing season in the cyclocross fashion. And we had a we had a marvelous time up there, thanks to John Barry and Danny uh, Frisbee and uh, all the good people up there who put on that race. It's, they they work so hard; they get such great community support. Uh, like your Dairy Queen up there, big 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 supporters. Uh, uh, Sporties, fine fine establishment. Prime time at dinner there Saturday night. It was great. Hung out. I actually spent the weekend in Madison. I was like, why well, drive back and forth? You know. I did that. I used to work in Madison, South Dakota, beautiful Madison, South Dakota, at the uh, Madison Daily Leader. I was a reporter, photographer back in my youth. It was a long time ago, but I drove back and forth every day. And, it, you know, if you don't have to. And I was there Saturday night. We raced kind of under the lights and uh, in the rain and in the mud. <laughs> and it was, and it was, as I said last week, uh, when I was talking to the smart cyclists, going into these things, you're like, oh, no, not again. Mud and rain. And then you're out in it, and it's it's just that, you know, you, you don't, you're just focused on doing the race, right? 50 minutes of just muck and just, ah, ah, ah. And then when you get done, you're, you're like, oh, that was epic. That was the greatest thing ever. And you, you want to do some more of it. And so we did some more of it on Sunday, of course, was not uh raining actively which was nice and it was a beautiful day it turned it was cloudy but it was great wonderful wonderful course the fine people of madison taking care of us on the campus of dakota state university right there next to the uh dakota prairie P- playhouse repertory theater yeah it's awesome so thank you to everybody up there uh as we uh move into the next phase of the secular season this weekend in lamar's Frosty Cross with our, our good friends down there. We'll be talking about more about that this week. Um, of course, we all know, uh, beyond my personal uh, uh, attempts at athleticism, tomorrow's the election day. Yeah, that's what's really going on, right? And this has been, uh, you know, I think about it, though. It's like you, we're in the middle of this now, and everybody's like, eh, 
way, make it stop. The ads, I can't turn on the TV. But recall, if you were uh, conscious and alert and active in the uh, early 2000s and those campaigns. So uh, you had a presidential election in 2000. That was a big deal. That was fine. But then here in the great state of South Dakota, immediately we got into the 2002 Senate election between Tim Johnson and John Thune. And that went down, you know, to the nubs, uh, 524 votes or whatever it was. It was not very many. You know, we into the wee hours, uh, walking around and around. Anyway, that campaign went on forever and started early and was fierce the entire time. Okay, there was that one. And then uh, uh, Tim Johnson won that one. And immediately we went into, and that was like the proxy fight. You remember the proxy fight for the Senate? And then we immediately went into the real fight, which was the, the race between Jonathan and Tom Daschle. And that was, and if you thought that 2002 couldn't get any worse, uh, 2004, that campaign was just out of control. You know, and at that time I was uh, uh, running all the political coverage at the Argus Leader and it, it, both 2002, 2004. And, you know, this was like every day. Uh, somebody calling up and screaming at you, <laughs> the campaigns. And it was just, I, you know, it got to be so ridiculous. And just every day, all day, ads, 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 ads. Um, so looking back on that, this seems pretty tame. Really, you know, I mean, the governor's race has gotten uh, sharp here in the final days, but it didn't really start. Honestly, it didn't even really start till a month ago. Not really in earnest. So let's count our blessings a little bit here, right? And after tomorrow, it'll be, it'll be done. It'll be fine, no matter the results. And, you know, then what are we going to do? You know, what do we have to talk about? Well, 2020, that's <laughs> on Wednesday. That's what we'll be talking about. We'll be talking about the 2020 presidential election, right? And there'll be uh, another Senate seat up in 2020. I'm trying to remember now. Let me, I'm just dim mists of history here. Just calculating. John Thune and he won in four and then he was up in, uh, let's see, 10. He was up in 10 and they didn't run anybody against him that time. And then uh, 16, yeah, and that didn't go so well for the Democrats. So it'll be uh, Mike Rounds, right? Mike Rounds will be the uh, on the ballot in 2020. And uh, everybody, I think, is that right? That's got to be right. Yes, that's right. So look for that. That's going to be a big one. All right. There'll be a presidential year. We'll have a senatorial election on there. Uh, We'll have a congressional election, of course. But I think that there's going to be, I mean, if the Democrats truly are turning it around, right, and we all think that their gubernatorial candidate, Billy Sutton, is doing a fine job, right? If they, in fact, do turn it around and are able to start recruiting some candidates, because you'll remember, one, t- one uh, uh, cycle, they, they let John Thune run unopposed. Unopposed. And since then, all he's done is amass this massive war chest that he's been able to use. And really, he's been able to sort of uh, develop and campaign unfettered and help other candidates like Mike Rounds and Christy Nome uh, 
continue their their hold on statewide offices. So here's the lesson: you can't you can't just let it. That's a bad decision. So we'll see. And and let's be clear: Mike Rounds is not John Thune. Okay, in terms of vulnerability, if you let Mike Rounds go without any serious opposition, or God forbid, unopposed, that's just give up the ghost, right? That's not good. But that's looking that's looking way down, way, way down the path to Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, and it'll, it'll be nice to have it behind us again. Uh, meanwhile, uh, and I'm going to talk more about that in a minute, but we've got a great show for you today. Uh, our guests, uh, we've got a wide-ranging conversation to have today. Mark Weiniger, he is with the Sierra Club, and he's going to be here to discuss a National Gra- Geographic documentary uh, called From the Ash. It's about the coal industry. It's being uh, uh, brought in by the Siouxland Libraries, and there's a discussion uh, process with that, and we'll talk to uh, Mr. Weiniger about that in the second hour. Speaker of the House, Mark Mickelson is our guest at about four-ish uh, to talk about IM25. Of course, we've been that's the tobacco tax. We've been talking about that with other folks, Don Hager last week. And uh, so the speaker will be in to talk about his proposal there because he's the driving force behind that. The common man is in for weird friends, and uh, he's fired up about PE, so that'll be fun. And I will have a P&L statement just after the next break. And as I said, uh, we're going to talk about tomorrow about more about tomorrow's election. How about that? So you're going to want to stick around. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And indeed, we are going to try and get a little more free, closer to free, that is, with our friends the Bodines and the P&L Statement. And of course, what better way is there to get closer to free than a democratically democratic and free elections? which we will hold tomorrow uh, and uh, celebration of our, our individual liberties. That is our ability to hire our own leaders and live free from tyranny in the world, or at least that's what we think. And of course uh, uh, here's the deal, right? Uh, You know, as we, as we move further and further along in our modern world and our media landscape and all that, you, you, you get nothing but polls and prognostications and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And here's the deal. Nobody really knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Not really. There's, 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 you know, trends. There's some evidence. There's some things that are, Oh, let's use our Donald Rumsfeld. Known knowns, known unknowns and unknown unknowns. And that's true in politics as well. Uh, and so nobody really knows. Um, and here's another thing I keep hearing. Okay, this just drives me nuts, all right? Uh, it's a historic election. All hi- elections are historic, <laughs> all right? You're choos- it's history. Is one thing more historic than another? Is there some sort of gradient of history? No, there's just what happens and what does not happen. Facts, ooh, facts, whoops. And it's, so it's just every time I hear it, it just grates on my nerves because it's just a dumb thing to say. Okay, they're all historic. Yeah, tomorrow's a big election, right? It's a midterm election, and they're they're a big deal. So, yeah, but let's not you know, 
lose complete bladder control here. Let's act like we've had an election before, which we have. And however it turns out, let's move forward and govern the country. That's why they're there. You know, and the, the, the big problem that I have with Donald Trump, and you've heard me talk about this all the time, is, you know, he's his own worst enemy. If he would shut up most of the time, he'd be better off. So he's going to lose seats because it's a midterm election. Now, you don't just give in and, you know, well, we're going to lose. But I, I just feel like that in the last few weeks, he's just made it worse and worse and worse. Him going out on the campaign trail might help him in, in whatever individual district he might be in, although he, he ends up in a lot of places where people like him. But uh, the fact is that stuff, you know, when these things get broadcast all over and it's just this this constant barrage of vitriol, I, I just don't see where that helps. He's just making it worse. You know, and he's talking about the immigrant trains and protecting the borders and all that, and it's so pandering to fear. And I just hate that. You know, economic conditions are generally good. There's there's no disputing that. I heard him say uh, today, he might have said it yesterday, but I heard it today. You know, everybody keeps saying, why aren't you talking about the economy? And he's like, ah, that's boring. Boring. That's macroeconomics is the greatest indicator of presidential success going. And he's got the macro factors in his favor. And he's screwing it up by talking about this fake threat. I mean, like this invasion across. What is that? I've said many, many times that a president doesn't have that much control over an economy. They can only react to it. They are macroeconomic forces at work. You don't manage an economy. You manage the results. You manage the people. You govern accordingly. You can screw it up. But we have this, we have, I won't say perfected it because nobody's perfected it, but we have over time, over with experience and research and, and solid fundamental thinking about economics, figured out how best to try and manage the edges with interest rates, with various uh, trade policies, with negotiation, uh, minimum wage, uh, child labor laws, uh, all these things to try and get us all in a place where we're living sort of between these walls, right? Between these limits, between these extremes. Because history tells us that when you get outside the boundaries, when you have large proportions of people living outside of your economy, that what happens after that undermines society. You get dissension. You get people who don't, who lose hope. You get people 
who don't think the world applies to them, right? They start to believe that they're outside the bounds of the economy. And that's where you get seeds of revolt, whether that's peaceful or, or, or violent. That's the reality of it. That's why you manage an economy so that people can live at least at a minimum level so that they have some hope that tomorrow will be better than today, that the next generation has a better chance than they. And we manage the result. So, Mr. President, all of you guys, campaign on governing, please. And when tomorrow comes and the results come out, move on. Move on to the next day and the next challenge and the next problem. Solve something. It, I don't care who you are. That's your job. Do your job. Maintain our freedom. Maintain the great pluralistic society that we have built. Quit creating demons where none exist. Appreciate the world that you have been given. Have some gratitude for the life that you have available to you and the opportunity that lies before you. Have some degree of humility. Just be better people. Try to just be a better person tomorrow than you were today. Be a better nation next week, next year, and the next election than we are in this one. That's the bottom line on today's PNL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can email me, Patrick at KSO.com. We're on Twitter at P. Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather, we will chat with the common man on Weird Friends. Always a good way to start the week. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 Kid. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh my gosh, I was listening to the song. I was listening to California Kid and trying to talk at the same time. That's never good. <laughs> but I bring in the common man on this beautiful Monday afternoon. Uh, Mr. Common, uh, how are you hanging in there, buddy? Oh, I'm telling you, it's it's a beautiful day yeah. if you're a duck. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it just keeps raining here. It just keeps raining i don't under, yeah I, I don't you know but but you know as old uh h.e nichols jr used to say yeah never complain about rain you don't have to shovel it yeah <laughs> that's right always always uh the bit of wisdom that gets us to the next stage the pragmatist himself yeah. old red oh the old red cat yeah he, he knew he was, he was wise beyond his years mm-hmm. and we, we're still living on that wisdom today because we don't have any of our own <laughs> i know as it turns I'm, out I, I, my son would say that I have old manisms, but but uh, you know I, they don't strike me that way. They strike <laughs> me as good sound thinking. Because you were raised on it, dang it. <laughs> um, Some of that effect. Hey, uh, we've been talking a little bit about politics, obviously, you and I. And yeah. uh, how are you, how are you on this this final day before the the big election? Are you 
Are you uh, uh, sort of reserved or resigned to, to sort of the world, or where are you? Where's your head, man? Well, you know, I, to me, I've, I've gone out and done my homework, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I've gotten to, to gotten my answers. So I'm ready to take, you know, fill fill in the fill in the big sheet tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm ready to go, but, it, but I'm always, uh, uh, I guess, entertained by how um, as it gets closer to the date, it gets you know you can kind of tell how things are going. Mm-hmm. You know, because as whoever, whatever side isn't, may, may feel that things are uh, maybe a little uh, not going so well, it tends to get a little more strident and it gets to be a little more uh, uh, louder and maybe just, just a little crazier, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it reminds me of the old uh, saying my, my, my attorney brother, mm-hmm. uh, we used to say all the time, he'd say, you know, when, you, when you're in the law, see. <laughs> 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 if you have the facts on your side, in your case, mm-hmm. you pound the facts. Mm-hmm. If you have the law on your side, you pound the law. Mm-hmm. If you have neither of those things going for you, you pound the table. <laughs> so you jump up and down, and you're dramatic, and you get, uh, and you know, you know, you make a a spectacle of it, and try to just draw attention away from the from the fact that uh, that uh, you, you don't have a lot. You're, you got uh, a pair of twos, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in your hand, and things aren't looking too good. So, I mean, that, and that's what it comes to my mind over and over in, in watching the elections you know, on both sides. You see people getting a little more desperate and maybe saying some crazier things about, you know, uh, you know, just th- throwing out a name. You know, Christy Nome wears white after Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> And you should not do that. We don't want that here in South Dakota. That's not South Dakota. We don't need that here. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. It's, 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 it's fine. It's, I, don't, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, and it just seems, it just seems that uh, it, it, gets, it gets a little crazier and a little more louder. And I, you know, but I guess as you were referring to earlier, you know, it's it's not a, it's not unusual. It's just the process. But it just kind of makes you think. At some point, I think you should be you should be able to opt out. You know, to be, get to the election and say you should be able to dial in somewhere, go online somewhere, and say I made up my mind. Yeah, I'm not on. changing. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't want to spend money on me. No. I don't want you to spend money on me. Take it and you know, take the money you're going to spend on me. Yeah, and donate to the banquet or whatever you're going to do, uh, whatever your charity of choice. Uh, do something good with it. Mm-hmm. But all you know, all you're doing is making me walk out to my recycling thing <laughs> a little more often than I normally would. It is a lot of direct mail these days, isn't it? It's just every day I get some sort of flyer from somebody. Yeah, and the, and the, and the demonization, you know, and the, the photoshopping and the and the mm-hmm. and the transposing and the and the red shades of do they put to people? Oh my, you know, they they, they make them uh, people look like uh, you know Lenin. <laughs> well, I've never seen so many pictures of Bernie Sanders. I know. <laughs> I didn't know Bernie was running and stuff, but apparently either. he is. Yeah, I didn't. He's been here like once, and he said Sioux City. Remember that? I'm, I'm very much enjoying being in Sioux City. <laughs> oh, and no, who? I mean, who? And that's. Uh, That's the kiss of death. No, Might as well just turn around and get back on the plane. Uh, the, yeah, I will say, though, that, you know, it, it, this just affirms, the governor race affirms my position that Christy Noem is just the, she's the Conan O'Brien, O'Brien, Conan the Barbarian of 
of South Dakota politics. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, see their women driven before you and hear the lament. <laughs> you, know, you see your enemies driven before you and hear the lamentation of their women. <laughs> crash, crash, crash. That's right. I mean, yeah, God help you. You know, and because I, I remember the the previous, when she, I think she ran against, was it Matt Verilick? Or, mm-hmm. That was and, a couple of cycles ago, yeah. That was a bunch of cycles ago. And poor Matt is just like, hey, uh, <laughs> hoping to get 25%, and, uh, and, and she yeah. still just steamrolled him. He had a corn dog party <laughs> in his Georgetown loft. <laughs> the trendiest and most liberal portion of Washington, D.C. That was awesome. That was some of the greatest ads ever. And the use of dog whistle, you know, mm-hmm. is, is is so wonderfully uh, unsubtle. You know, that's the be- the best part that I like. You know, the, the little messages that they then they work in there to, to oh, oh. And it says, yes, and she's politician Billy Sutton. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, he's a he's a state senator. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need corn dogs in South Dakota? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> of course, the other side would say, Billy Sutton doesn't like corn dogs. Corn producers live off from corn dogs. <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's amazing how... Uh, uh, no, they should have used that. They, they're like, they should have said, Christy, no. She took on corn dogs. <laughs> Our pork... And corn industries depend upon corn depend dogs. Depend on corn dogs. What does Christy Nome have to hide about corn dogs? <laughs> Why doesn't she like corn producers? Yes, <laughs> what, I, yeah, that, that would be a great ad. God, that's it. Let's get our let's get our uh, our political ad agency started up. We, we could do this. We could make a killing doing like off, just slightly off point ads. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like. Not, what? Did they just, woo, what? I can't vote. I don't even know why, but I'm not voting for that person. It's one of those things you think, you, you, you and I could sit there and come up with the stupidest thing we possibly could think of, and somebody would buy it. Oh, yeah. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Just to prove, just to prove the absurdity of it all, right? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't, you, I mean, you, could, you can't get from the ridiculous to sublime there. It just, there's just, it's just, there's too many People who would just go, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. He's right. <laughs> I like corn dogs. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Oh, they're, they're coming to take my corn dogs away. <laughs> Christy Nome doesn't put ketchup on corn dogs. I once, I was at the fair once, and um, I saw Christy Nome put mustard on a corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in the, but the grand away, you know, and I think the grand relief for all South Dakotans is that it does come to an end tomorrow, and mm-hmm. and we're going to link arms and just move forward, and 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 you know, make the world better for humanity, right? Yeah, and I and I sure. really, I, I really don't think of of all the people that I don't think we have anybody that that, that I'm truly frightened of, except for I'm, I'm not going to run against Christy Nome. I know that. <laughs> Because boy, what a target I would be! Yeah, Holy buckets! That's not good. Let's not even think about <laughs> there that. There are photos. Shutter. That, that Shutter. That would surface. That would not be good. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, 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 common man, you got a you got a few minutes. Sure. We'll come back and talk more about corn dogs. Let's do it. All right. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O.
348 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we're chatting with the common man on Weird Friends today, which is how we like to start most Mondays, because it just puts us in a better mood. Sure. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, you and I were uh, uh, chatting uh, uh, earlier today about, um, of all things, it was just, this is such a, a pivot, as they say in the business. <laughs> we're going to go from politics to P.E., and yeah. <clears throat> physical education, gym class, that the great scar on humanity. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I this is this is interesting. Why 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 are you right now uh, so focused on the on the on the need I, for for PE? It's not really that. It's that you believe that that more scars are inflicted upon children <laughs> in math class. Than in than in PE, and I I I just I, why no, do you believe this, Mr. Well, Kalman? No, the Greeks were the people who founded the theory of in a sound mind, in a sound body. Yep. Mensana in corpore sano. <laughs> that's that's what that is. And to have that—that's that, that, the balance, the balance between a sound mind and a sound body. Now, mm-hmm. as we go through, and everybody's and through the years, the, the the powers that be have pitched it, you know, to you, to you, you and your ilk, Patrick, <laughs> who think the gym class is a bad thing because you know you you burnt your hands on the climbing rope, or <laughs> you know you got picked last for kickball. <laughs> well, you know, both of which happened, but that's yeah, well, yeah, so, but but. That's part of that's part of your education. It's the balance of it. You were probably a very smart young man. I mean, that's what you keep telling us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, you know, so very. You probably did very well academically. Maybe on the athletic side, not so much. But <laughs> well, you've seen both. You've seen that up close and personal. It's not pretty. Well, that's that's the balance. Is you go in there, but there's kids who need that. I mean, when we take third grade boys and we put them in a classroom and we want them to be quiet and sit still and, and, and do mm-hmm. third grade boys, if you make them sit still for more than 10 minutes, they start to hum. <laughs> they vibrate. Internally. And they just need to go do something. They need to yell and kick something or mm-hmm. somebody. they got to go do something. And the big part is, is that's, that's all part of that process. We all have our strengths and weaknesses, academically, athletically. So... When I was in gym class, and I might have been okay at, in gym class, and that was easy for me, well, I tell you what, you know, um, calculus wasn't. <laughs> so people say, oh, I was so humiliated, I, had, I got picked last for kickball. Well, you know, in algebra, when I had to go up and factor a binomial on the board, that was pretty embarrassing for me, too. But it taught you to deal with that. We all have to deal with our strengths and weaknesses, and it's an important part of the process. We have to deal with things we're good at and things we're not, and then we kind of learn how to be an adult about it and go forward. We don't just avoid it altogether. This is, this is I think, this is a theory on, or, or like supporting the fact that the Catholic school best, best uh, prepares you for life because there are embarrassing moments at every stage of the day, <laughs> humiliating moments every class you go to. It'll knock you right down to size. <laughs> That's right. You thought you were pretty cool beforehand. You will not afterwards. <laughs> no. I will say this. Okay, so the, the, my humiliating, uh, my terrible, terrible gym experiences 
uh, really are are based in just one person, right? So not to belabor this, but back in the Catholic school days, you had to take Jim across the street at the public school, your dual enrollment. We had like, I don't know, even, well, Jim was one of them that we had across the street <laughs> in fifth and sixth grade. And there was a guy over there, Mr. Bush, and I can't, I can't uh, uh, libel him because I think he's, I know he's dead. But it, he, when, he, if we forgot our Jim, he was just, he was a cruel man. And if you, he would make you dress in girls' clothing. All right, girls, this was, this is not appropriate education professional behavior. And no. why is it seems to me, Mr. Common Man, that a disproportionate number of inappropriate educators end up in the gym? <laughs> Which that is too may bad. have been true at one time. Yeah, and I know. This is so long ago, and I said you earlier this my experience is probably not reflective of the modern condition, right? And right. I support you in this. I support you in the fact that uh, as 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 kids they they need to run around. Well, that, that, and here's the other thing, you know, if you, all the smarty pants people that I know, they, they say, well, you know, I got all A's when I was in school, oh, except for Jim, <laughs> but I didn't care. <laughs> that doesn't matter, is it? No. Uh, yeah, it does. It's on your transcript. Yeah. That's why you didn't get to go to the school you wanted. <laughs> and that's part of the balance. Duh. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, Tommy Smith, who, you know, who couldn't uh, diagram a sentence, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 some people can't write well. Some people can't read well. Mm-hmm. Some people can't do a lot of academic things very well. But they can climb a rope really well. Get some and they make great, outstanding citizens in our society. That's true. That A, he got in PE. Saved his GPA. <laughs> good for him. And he probably got to go to the tech school or the training that he needed to. Come on, that's not stereotype. Of, well, the tech school or whatever no, school no, he good. wanted to go to. Rocket scientist, whatever the heck he wanted to do, but I'm just saying that A counts just as much, yeah. and your D counts just as much too because you didn't want to do it. So there, and that's part of it—just the attitude. You'd have been fine if you just would have yeah. kept up. The teacher would have actually given you a good grade if you would have tried. Yeah. But instead, you kept giving them the your past because you had except uh, except Mr. Bush. problems. Or except something. Mr. Bush, who would give you just just to be mean, he'd give you. <laughs> I'm telling you, these things happen. He give you the saline solution for your uh, rope burn. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> these are these these are tales are legendary. I'm gonna I'm going to uh, uh, engage a, uh, a a a task force to discuss these the the, the scars <laughs> from uh, Hawthorne Elementary gym class. Maybe you uh, should lay down when we talk I'm about going this. To. How did uh, it make you feel? <laughs> Bad, common man. <laughs> thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, take care, Patrick. Coming up. After the news and weather at the top of the hour, we got Speaker of the House Mark Mickelson coming in. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Public service announcement with guitar. 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Stick with us after the news and weather. Speaker of the House Mark Mickelson talking about tobacco taxes. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Not your baby, I ain't your baby now. 405 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are joined in studio by outgoing Speaker of the House, Mark Mickelson. That, that, I keep forgetting, you're not going back, are you? No, I'm not. You're all done. 
Yes, sir. Never going to have your name on a ballot again as long as you live, right? Oh, it would take something that really made me mad uh, to get me run again. Some well, sort they, of an inju- injustice. Well, that, that's, a long, injustice. that's a long list of things that can make you <laughs> That stays mad. with me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we, we got to get right to it because we don't have much time today. But um, the uh, you are the prime driver behind IM25, which is raising the tax on tobaccos a buck on cigarettes and other tobacco products, a buck a pack, and, and, and to try and reduce the tuition at tech schools. Uh, you've got a commercial out right now uh, responding to what has been a barrage of, of advertising against IM25, funded primarily by tobacco companies, right? That's correct. Yes. So far, everything I've said is correct. Yep. In the ad, one of the things that you say is that if you are – uh, if people are saying uh, 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 saying that what you're saying is not true, they basically are working for the tobacco companies, not working for South Dakota. Now, that's not exactly true. Well, there's plenty of people out hang there. Hang on, Patrick. But, there's but, but, plenty of people but the out message, there. the message that people are hearing, is funded uh, almost entirely by Philip Morris, sure, which manufactures Marlboro cigarettes. Now, right. Listen, is there a legitimate? perspective to vote no on this of course Mm -hmm. i don't like taxes Mm -hmm. i don't like taxes on tobacco Mm -hmm. i don't think we have a tuition problem at our tech schools Mm. i have a better solution Mm -hmm. um but but the the message that you know the this is a 63 percent issue uh in south dakota we voted on a buck a pack uh 10 years ago it won 61 percent of the vote yeah but that money again and I, and I want to point out that money was uh, uh, a lot of that was dedicated to smoking cessation, right? And and p- tobacco programs, at least a portion of it was. Yeah, right? well, a lot's five million out of thirty-five million. And and now, didn't the legislature change that? No, a I mean Jennifer Stall. Jennifer Stall is the prime sponsor yeah, of that. No, I understand. And that was five million bucks to cessation. The balance to be split between property tax reduction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. education and health care. And so for eight or 10 years, they ran it into a fund and out of a fund. And rather than go through the funds anymore, they just sent it directly to where it was supposed to. So no, they didn't change the purpose of it at all, but Patrick. But there's less money for cessation than there was before. No, there's not. It's that's, not that's absolutely you, not true. You guys changed the, you guys changed the way Patrick, the money is distributed. Didn't you, you guys, the, the, the folks that talk about the issues, it's easy to talk about them, mm-hmm. but do a little bit of research. Absolutely well, not. I'm five million bucks, five million bucks for tobacco cessation, and that's what's being spent. But you, you, so, changed, the, you changed the law that governs that particular dollar attacks during the during the budget crisis no, right not true that, when was it not true when was it it was a budget cleanup act two years ago and it and it was saying listen we don't need to take the intermediate step of putting it into the fund taking it out of fund and putting it over here to its intended purpose mm-hmm. skip the step so that's what we did all right that's legit want to get that out there the uh uh but in your in your ad you say anybody who tells you otherwise is working for big tobacco that's not exactly true. I think I You're said talking more, about I the said, commercial. You're talking about commercials, but that's not everybody that's talking about this. Well, yeah, I hope not. I hope there's a lot of people mm-hmm. talking about okay. it. Okay. Um, as you said earlier, there are legitimate reasons to oppose this, and some people do oppose it just because it's a tax, right? And the other part of that is that it's a tax on, generally speaking, people on the lower end of the income spectrum, right? Most, if you look at the demographic studies, the, the higher proportion of people who smoke make less money. Is that a generally true statement? 
Um, it seems to me it probably is, but I don't know. I, be- I bo- you and I both believe that to be true. Then aren't you taxing the poor to pay for this at some measure? Well, the number one deterrent to quitting the use of tobacco mm-hmm. is price. And so the American Cancer Society, uh, the South Dakota Medical Association, the Heart Association, the dentists have all said, listen, we need to increase the tax. We need to increase the tax more. Mm-hmm. Not because we want to hurt those that can't afford it, because ultimately tobacco use is a voluntary decision. And most people using it have tried to quit. And so we went from selling 50 million packs of cigarettes 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Today we sell 35 million packs of cigarettes. A lot of people quit. Some people drive to other places, but you know, it's a it seems to me you can tax something you want less of or you can tax something you want more of. Most states fund their two-year schools with a local property tax. South Dakota chooses not to because the ours are not Ours are not community colleges. They let me, let, let me, let me they, finish I just, that thought. But I just want to point out the fact, the reason we don't do that is because our tech schools are connected to the local school district. And now that is, you've been working to try and change that to some degree, right? The governance, well, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I, they're not entirely connected. Yes, we have a very unique structure in mm-hmm. that we're underneath our school districts. That's kind of a sidebar to this issue. They never got set up with a real estate tax levy to separately fund the schools. Mm-hmm. As a result... We have the third highest tuition in the country. And that's a problem. And it's not because they don't they spend too much. It's because they spend less. We mm-hmm. spend the least and charge the most. And there is, an, there is not an employer in the state of South Dakota that doesn't need to find more trained workers. That's exactly right. There's no doubt that what the tech schools do is an incredibly valuable service. So why not figure out a way to give them a better base of funding rather than the tobacco, and I know you tried this, then what this says to me is, well, you're going after the tobacco tax because it's the lowest hanging fruit. It's the path of least resistance. Well, we're running into 6 or $8 million of tobacco advertising that would suggest otherwise. No, 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 but I mean, I know but what I, you're I, saying, I but mean, in the but, general public. But here, here, here's, how, here's how politics work. Most people carry... Lobbyist legislation, special interest legislation, the executive branch legislation, or constituent legislation. So that means K-12 gets their fair share. We addressed a teacher teacher pay two years ago, 2016, with a half-penny sales tax increase. And then you took part of it. Excuse me. The Board of Regents, the Board of Regents, a third of their student body comes from out of state. They clearly don't have the tuition issue that the tech schools have. The Medicaid, the health care providers... They get their fair share. So who's always left out, the redheaded stepchild, is the tech schools. We got four great technical schools. But when we live in a blue-collar state that appreciates manufacturing and agriculture, we got a lot of people employed in the healthcare industry, but a kid can go to Nebraska for half price or Wyoming for half price or Montana for half price or North Dakota for 50% less. We got a problem. We and have so, a serious so problem. So I'm not telling you this is a perfect solution, okay? But we're looking around for something that can pass. This can pass because you know what? Most people don't like smoking. And yeah. most people that smoke want to quit. And I'll guarantee you their spouses do. I can't tell you when we circulated mm-hmm. petitions how many people we had that signed the petition says either the tech school that smoked, 
either the tech schools are that important or I want my spouse to quit. We're going to come right back and talk more with the Speaker of the House, Mark Mickelson, about IM25, which is the dollar a pack tobacco tax to fund tuition at the four fine, fine tech schools in the state of South Dakota. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four eighteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we're continuing to chat with Speaker of the House Mark Mickelson about IM Twenty Five, which is the on it's on your ballot tomorrow, or if you early voted, it was already on your ballot. And we're going to talk about uh, why he believes that we need this extra buck on a pack of cigarettes to pay for uh, uh, Votec. Votech. They're not even called Votechs anymore, are they? They're called, they don't like being called no, Votechs. That's Technical the, institutes. See, I come from a time when it was Sioux Area Votech, Sioux Falls Area Votech. And Sivatai, uh, Southeast Area Votech, um, Southeast Area, Southeast Technical Institute here in Sioux Falls, which is a fantastic education institution out uh, off uh, uh, 29 and, and Russell out there and, and has been growing and, and does a great job. Uh, but we, we, let, me, let me just ask you a question directly about one of the uh, charges that gets made, and I want you to respond to this, that... Yeah, you can say that you're, this money is going to go to the, uh, this fund. And you, uh, in your ad, say, I know, I wrote it. This is where it's going to go. But in fact, the legislature, because you're not going back, they could change that, right? That is not impossible. You changed IM-22. The, uh, the attorney general's opinion, if you read it, says this law will require $20 million to go to the technical institutes for the mm-hmm. purposes of tuition reduction. The fiscal note that's attached, which people will see when they vote or saw when they voted, mm-hmm. says this is expected to raise just under $25 million. And $20 million of that's going to go to the technical school. So there's lots of reasons not to vote for this, Patrick. That's really not one of them, honestly. And, you know, and someone that gave six years, a good part of six years of their life to kind of be. You know, what's basically most of our legislators are, it's volunteers. I mean, you're paid a little bit, but you give up a fair amount of your service. And so I I don't hear one of them that doesn't say workforce is our number one issue. And in politics, it's very common for people to give lip service to an issue with really no concrete set of actions. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, I talked to some of the bigger employers of technical school graduates in the state, and, and they got a real issue. You know, we don't have enough kids in our technical schools. Um, we can't attract kids from out of state. And, and technical school kids stick around. They travel about mm-hmm. a 60-, 90-mile radius of where they go to school. And um, and so we looked around for a solution. And the the real issue is, you know, in Sioux Falls, and, and I was the chair of the Sioux Falls Development Foundation before I got into the legislature. We had a large tire manufacturer looking to come to town that led to what's now Foundation Park. They needed 600 employees, and they said, can you train them? We wandered on up to Southeast Tech, first time I'd been in there. Mm-hmm. And the guy running the facility at the time looked at me and said, Mickelson, we had six manufacturing classes. We cut them all. I got a dirt contractor, name of Jim Sokup, Sokup mm-hmm. Construction, very well regarded. They, we cut our heavy equipment program in 2010. He now sits on the board over in Sheldon, Iowa. We won't start a vet tech program because we can't afford it. And so we, the, we got all sorts of opportunity. And at the same time, you start looking at tuition and you go, 
Well, how come Norfolk, Nebraska is 110 an hour? $110 a credit hour. How come Sheldon, Iowa is $185 a credit hour? And how come Sioux Falls or Watertown or Mitchell's 250 And you start looking into it and you say, ah, we don't have the local real estate tax base. That, you know, the state's kicking in a third, the local property tax is sticking in a third, and the tuition's a third. So we try to cover the lack of the local property tax with high tuition. But in the end, we have high tuition, lower funding, so we don't have some of the needed programming. And so as a guy that kind of wants to see his kids stick around and have a prosperous future, like everyone else that doesn't want to travel to Minneapolis or Omaha to visit grandkids, let's address this funding issue. This A tobacco tax is a great source of revenue. History shows that when you pass an increase, you'll see a decline in units, mm-hmm. but an increase in revenue that's stable. Okay, It doesn't grow. I mean, we've grown five million. We take in sixty-two million. We've ta- we've grown five million in ten or twelve years. But it's a stable source of revenue, and so a lot of people will quit smoking, which is a good thing. Hopefully, we'll get more trained employees, and so we've been pushing back on some of the what I view as misleading ads that the uh, tobacco companies are running. Um, that's basically Americans for Prosperity threw in a couple hundred thousand bucks. But the rest Don of Don Hager, who we had on the show last yep, week. Go ahead. Yep. Those guys threw in a couple hundred thousand, but they they had put six point two million in and they've probably kicked in a couple million since because and they run ads that says, Hey, what about K twelve? Well, mm-hmm. they don't know that we passed a K twelve bill here in two thousand sixteen. Well, not I mean it's misleading because sure it's true in that none of that money goes through K twelve, but it's misleading because that's not really the question. Well, that's not really the debate. That's no. a separate debate. Well, that, in my view, it is. And so we do have an issue. This is a good solution. It's not perfect. It may not be right for everyone. We're hoping to get 51% because it'll make a big difference for a long time. You, and you said uh, earlier, this is something that could pass. Why not spend some political capital, and you're on your way out, and say, this is not... This is so important that it's not just about the tobacco tax, that we actually do need to do something about the long-term funding of the technical institutes for the betterment of our workforce, for our business community, for our families, for the, for the people out there who need this education so that, so that people have a chance to make a decent uh, working class wage in this, in this state. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to raise your property taxes. That's what we're going to do. And you're just going to have to... L- realize that what you're doing is investing in the future of your community, not bitching about your property taxes. See, I, and, I, and, and, and I know why you did it. I know you did it because you thought it's something that could pass. But why not make the bigger case? Well, um, you know, I've studied our tax structure in South Dakota, and the state has the, the lowest tax burden at the state general fund level, sales tax, income tax, tobacco tax, insurance premium tax, contractors. Though combined, we have a very low tax burden. Mm-hmm. Our real estate taxpayer is kind of 25th highest. Mm-hmm. So relative to our- Because ta- we're obsessed with, we are obsessed well, with, with property tax. We have been for well, generations. But, but historically, Patrick, there's a reason for that. Relative to our incomes, historically, our property taxes have been high. 
Okay, because we were traditionally a low-income state. Mm-hmm. And so we started out with a property tax because we were an ag state. And that was a way, you know, that's how everyone started. And so thankfully we haven't transitioned to an income tax because when you add one tax, you seldom get rid of another. If people say, I don't want to tax tobacco, I want to tax real property, let's listen to that debate. I'm open to any solution that addresses this workforce issue. And I think the one that we've got on the table, and it's like I told the guys down at the Zoo Falls Chamber, listen, you guys can all have a slightly different idea of how to skin the cat. Some people say charge alcohol. Mm -hmm. I said, this is a good idea Mm -hmm. that will fix an issue, a a real problem that we have in South Dakota. And so, and you know, forgive me for saying you, I spent a fair amount of political capital on this, Patrick, as it sits and of real capital. And Mm -hmm. so something we believe in and, uh, um, I'm, we're hopeful that it passes. Yeah, and it's on your ballot in the election tomorrow or today if you've early voted or last week, and uh, uh, the speaker hopes that you're on his side. Very good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Uh, we'll be right back after the news and weather. We're going to talk with Mark Wanniger of the Sierra Club about a film that's going to be at your Sioux Falls area or Siouxland Public Libraries. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and I am joined in studio today, quite happily, by Mark Winnegar, who is the chapter chair of the, for the state of South Dakota for the Sierra Club, and uh, he's here. First of all, uh, Mark, thanks for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so you're here because uh, uh, somehow you got hooked up with these cats over at the Siouxland Libraries. And you're showing you're showing a film uh, called uh, "From the Ashes," which is a National Geographic documentary by Michael Bonfiglio. Um, tell us uh, uh, all I know about this movie is that it's about the coal industry. So, Mister Mister Winnegar, you tell me what "From the Ashes." What will I learn from this film? Okay, Patrick, call me Mark. Everyone okay. does. All right. If, even my students always okay. called me Mark. I'm going to call you Mark. All right. So uh, basically, this film uh, tackles a highly charged political issue that some people are calling the war on coal. Mm-hmm. And it starts out by looking at what is the true war on coal and who's actually waging it and why is coal losing that war? Mm-hmm then goes on to show the damage that is being done by coal and some positive, clean energies that give us some really good alternatives and cheaper alternatives. So this is, uh, for many years, we were all sort of in, not lockstep, but most people believed that, that burning less coal was better for our world. And and even better coal and improving the 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 quality of the plants that burn the coal to make the electricity that we all need. We were all moving that way. All of a sudden, we're not moving that way anymore. And it seems to me that it's it's you know obviously uh, uh, the president is leading the charge on that. But there have to be other forces at work here. Why why where is this coming from and, and why do we suddenly find ourselves regressing? Okay, well. Coal is the most polluting form of energy that there is. And 
the concept of clean coal is a myth. It's mm-hmm. just pure fiction. Mm-hmm. So another problem is that coal actually is pretty expensive. Forget the damage it does. Just mining it is an expensive process. Mm-hmm. And so what's going on is they're just cheaper alternatives. Even a lot of fossil fuels are cheaper than coal. Natural gas. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so they're losing market share. Now, they they have tried very hard to find ways to do something that people have been calling clean coal for many years. And it it, it has just totally failed. And it's way too expensive. And the the issue here is that we have, uh, for many years, uh, uh, been growing our electric consumption, our electricity consumption, mm-hmm. right? Keeps growing up. And we have been trying to find alternatives, but the alternatives haven't always, as we like to say, penciled. But that's changed. Yes. So it, it's ironic. If I don't even know if that's the proper use of the word, but it is. It is in contradiction. Because at the same time, those sources of alternative energy, solar, wind, uh, natural gas, uh, have been the, the efficiency of those products has been coming down to the point where it is actually affordable. Why does coal still have such a stranglehold on us as consumers? It takes time to do transition. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a huge infrastructure that has been built across the country. And... We're people that are slow to react. But actually, a lot more has happened than most people realize. About half of the coal-fired power plants have been shut down. Or many of them. We had, uh, there were plans in uh, this area. We have Big Stone Power Plant Mm -hmm. up by uh, uh, Big Stone Lake. And there were plans for a second Big Stone plant. And that was thwarted mostly by the Minnesota uh, uh, public utilities body, right? Um, not so much by South Dakota, who uh, Governor Mike Rounds at the time was all for it. Um, uh, so there, are, not only are they shutting down the, some of the dirtier ones, but they're not building new ones, right? So won't that ultimately force us, as our consumption rises, to use these alternative methods? The, the market ultimately will drive that, right? Oh, the, the market is driving that, Patrick. Um, you know, there's a town down uh, in Texas called Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Down into the deep, red, conservative areas of Texas mm-hmm. is this little town, Georgetown. And it's the first small city in the United States to be 100% reliant on renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And the mayor is very happy to tell you that he didn't do this for any kind of environmental reasons at all. Mm-hmm. It just made dollars and cents. And he'll joke, he'll laugh and tell you, well, you know what? 30 years from now, I'm going to have the same costs of my utilities as I do now. Mm-hmm. How much are yours going to be? A little bit more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but, you know, the technology, you know, we were talking about computers. Yep. Look what's happened with computers since you and I started learning how to program. Yeah, well, they're a lot smaller. The same thing, you know, is happening with 
energy technology. It is just expanding at an incredible rate. Particularly solar. Uh, The film is called uh, From the Ashes. Yep. And it's a it's a, uh, a, a National Geographic produced film documentary by Michael Bonfiglio. And it is showing, I should say, we have not mentioned this, 630 November 8th, a Thursday at uh, the Oakview branch uh, of the Siouxland Libraries. And uh, uh, you just got hooked up with them because you needed a place to, to show this well, thing yeah, or what's I, the deal? I dropped into the main library downtown and checked into uh, possibility of showing a film. Yeah. And they said, hey, great. They love film now. And they put me on their list. So this is the second one I've shown down here. What was the first one? Oh, you would ask me that. Uh, Before the flood. Before the flood. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. We're going to come right back and talk more with Mike Winnegar. He is the chapter chair for the state of South Dakota for the Sierra Club. And we'll be right back, talk more about this film from the ashes. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe I won't feel so free. 4.46 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're chatting with Mark Winnegar. He is the chapter chair for the state of South Dakota for the Sierra Club. And there is a film that he is bringing to town. Uh, and that is going to show on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. at the Oakview branch of the uh, Sioux Falls Public or the Sioux, Siouxland Public Libraries. I, get, I've screwed that up six times today. Six times. And those guys are on my show all the time. Uh, and uh, uh, the Oakview branch, I can never remember which one that is. Do you remember? Do you know, Mark? It's... Uh, what side of town no, is it I, on? I, I go there from Vermillion. <laughs> when you follow come, my Google Maps, it seems to me <laughs> that it is on the northeast side of town. I think that's right. It's over by Washington High School. I believe that's I right. I think that's right. Thank you. I just had to give me the general area, and I would <laughs> nail that down. That is the Oakview branch of the Siouxland Public Library, 6.30 p.m. on Thursday. And the movie is called From the Ashes, and it is it focuses on... This is the the liner I have on this, so I'm just going to read it. The film focuses on what Americans and communities across the country consider the legacy of the coal industry and what its future should be. What what is the answer to that question? What what is the lesson that you learned from watching this film? Well, I don't want to give the film away. Okay, don't. No no spoiler alerts. All right, all right. Hey, it should be shut down. Mm. Um. There are all kinds of reasons from kids getting asthma, smog in the cities, um, climate change, you name it. There's a lot of tons of reasons why we ought to move towards renewable energy. But the reason that the market is driving as fast as it can towards a renewable energy future is economics. It's just cheaper the won't we always need coal though because what i have been told over and over and over and over again in uh writing and reporting on these issues over 30 years is that you will never have enough reliability from solar and wind and 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 natural gas although that's a different story now to make it work and that you will always at the base of it the spine of it well, oh, and we have hydroelectric here, but at the spine of it will be coal. Why is that not true? Because 
there is a reliability issue, right? Well, for instance, with solar, you only get solar power from a panel when there's light. Mm-hmm. Now, you can get it on a cloudy day. That's not a problem. No. But at night, you're not going to be getting any power from your solar panel. That's why you use batteries. Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't uh, uh, Elon Musk building a, a battery factory out in the middle of Las Nevada somewhere? Yep, yep. And, and there's a lot of research going on with battery power, uh, ways of saving large amounts, large volumes of power into new, new technologies of batteries. Um, and we'll get there. But another part of the solution is we need to upgrade our national power grid. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of reasons. We should have done it before. Mm-hmm. But given that, we can move power around from one part of the country to another very quickly. You know, and that's these been electrons our move at the speed of light. They do, as so a matter of fact. how long <laughs> does it take a light beam to shoot down a wire from L.A. to New York. No, not, not very not long. Not very long. I mean, the, uh, if you're on the, the Starship Enterprise, they shoot you right down to the surface of the planet. It's not a problem. <laughs> well, we're not getting oh, there okay. yet. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, no, we're very close. <laughs> I wish. Um, so this, uh, the movie, From the Ashes, is uh, going to be shown on Thursday, as we said, at 6.30 at the Oakview Branch. It's it's free, right? I yeah, guess. absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, I'm told uh, by uh, sources inside the library system that uh, you, in fact, are going to lead a discussion group of some sort afterwards. Yeah, we'll have a little Mm Q&A. So if anyone has any questions about the film, Renewable Energy, the Sierra Club, what I had for dinner, whatever, uh, stick around, ask questions until they chase us out. So how long is this film? I think it's about an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. So yeah. standard documentary yeah. length. And yeah. you said, uh, how, well, just tell us, how did you come about this movie and, and why are you bringing it up here? I happened to catch this documentary totally by accident about a, a little over a year and a half ago mm-hmm. watching the National Geographic Channel. And it was so good that I wanted to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And I could not find any listings anywhere in the future that they were going to show it again. So I contacted them. And that was their, their grand premiere. Mm-hmm. And their plan was to have people like me go out in their communities and share it. Hmm. And they asked me if I'd be willing to share it. And here we are. Like send you a DVD or VHS or how'd that work? Well, I've got it on DVD. I've got it on uh, on my iPad. Ah. I've got it on my my laptop. So you've had, you've got a digital file. Oh yeah, and they're okay. they're cool with you uh, showing it whenever you can. Absolutely, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Is it available like on Netflix or anything like that, or like um, download from National it, Geographic? It's not on Netflix. Uh, I believe you can buy it. Uh, if you go out to Apple iTunes. Ah, sure. And uh, I don't recall how much. It, it's not much. No, no. Yeah. It's just the down, like any movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's and on my can... Apple TV if I go home tonight and want to sit out in the garage and watch sure, something. Oh, sure, sure. Cool. And in fact, before you, before you buy it off of iTunes, go out to National Geographic. Yeah. And you might be able to just watch it on their website. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But you're going to show it 
on Thursday at 6.30 at the Oakview branch. Um, do you know anything about Mr. Bonfiglio, who is the, 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 the documentarian behind this movie? Yeah, very little. Uh, to my shock, it was this gentleman who contacted me to say, do you want to share it? Uh, he actually is an employee. It was Mr. It was Mr. Bonfiglio himself. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. Surprising, anyway. Yeah. Did you have to say? How do you say that, Bonfiglio? That's I good believe name. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bonfiglio. Uh, just briefly, uh, in the the minute we have left, sure. you're the 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 chair of the the state chapter of right. uh, Sierra Club. Uh, what are you guys doing these days? Are you busy? Are you active? Or is it just uh, you? Is it just so you living in Vermilion? I am. No, no, no. We're all across the state. Seventeen hundred okay. members. Okay. Um. Yeah, we keep very busy. I personally lobby up in Pier every year. Okay. Um. Can you can you come back and we'll talk about water quality and that sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. Well, okay. Be That's glad awesome. To. We'll have to do that very soon. All right. Uh, Mike, I just called you. Mark. I was going to call you Michael Bonfiglio, but you're not. <laughs> you are, in fact, Mark Winnegar. Right. He is the chapter chair of, uh, or the state chair for the Sierra Club in South Dakota, and uh, he is showing the film. From the Ashes, it is about uh, coal in, in America, and uh, 6.30 p.m., it's uh, free, and it's at the Oakview branch of the Siouxland Public Libraries, which is out by Washington High School on, uh, what is that, Sycamore. You'll find it, 6 yeah. in Sycamore. Uh Mr. Winnegar, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Patrick. We're going to come right back, tell you what's going on tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Human army surplus or refusing of the lights. This is Radio Clash on Pirate Satellite. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's the Dakota Angler Ice Institute at the Sioux Falls Arena. Friday, 3 to 9, Saturday, 10 to 7, Sunday, 10 to 3. See the latest and greatest in the ice fishing industry. Learn about learn from experts on how to use the equipment and all kinds of good stuff. Coming up on the show tomorrow, oh, let's see who we got. Oh, it's election day, so we're going to have Julie Anderson freezing in from Cinema Falls. We're going to talk about movies. <laughs> That's a nice... You know, change. The Boon Man is our weird friend of the day, so tune in on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOA.